to kids first coming attractions before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the voice america empowerment channel we'll take you behind the scenes interview celebrities and review new movies tv shows and digital releases now here are your hosts from kids first coming attractions welcome to kids first coming attractions I'm Zoe, and today we're going to be talking about Christmas Chronicles, Team Marco, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Rainbow Rangers, and Octonauts Operation Deep Freeze. There are so many titles Christmas-related, so our show today will be perfect for getting into my favorite time of the year. First, let's talk with Ethan, who is 12 years old, from Florida, about the movie Christmas Chronicles. This seems like a very modern interpretation of the North Pole mixed with traditional elements. So I want to know, how is this film different from all other Christmas films? Because I know sometimes they can be repetitive, but obviously there has to be, you know, the classical Santa Claus and the reindeer. But what makes this one different? Well, this one is actually two movies, so it's kind of like a sequel. Um, Like, number two is about how these this girl and her brother already know Santa from the first movie when they met them. So now on this movie, they're actually on the beach and the girl wants to run away but she has to be stuck with her mom's new boyfriend's kid so they go on an adventure and there's a new villain who wants to destroy santa and he knows that the only way to get to her is by going to kate which is the girl who's the main character so he puts them in this weird kind of time portal that puts them in the north pole and they get to meet santa again but they have to stop him and that's basically how the whole movie is that's really interesting. It seems like um, a film that would really grab your attention throughout the entire thing. And that's so cool how there was um, another film before. I heard that there that this was kind of a sequel. So um, did you notice a lot of different, like, was this one something different or did it surprise you at all? Um, yes, it was a lot different because um, they actually had a villain this time. The first movie, they had to save Santa, like Christmas kind of, because... They ruined Santa's way because they discovered him. So he tried running away and they ruined Christmas by stopping it. So they had to fix it. So now this movie is worrying about this villain who wants to destroy Santa. So it's kind of like you need to watch the first one and watch the second. But they're both amazing. This is probably by far my favorite two Christmas movies I've ever watched. That's so amazing to hear. That makes me want to watch this film even more. And I kind of like that there's a villain. It makes it more modern um, and I think more interesting. And I also want to know, there's a lot of special effects um, here. So do you think they look realistic at all? Because I've heard some good things and some bad things about the special effects. Yeah, I really love the cougar. Um, The cougar was really cool because it was like a little, I mean, not little, it was huge. (laughs) It was like a cougar, but times two the size. And he was so like well animated that it kind of looked real. He was next to Belsnickel, which was an elf, like the villain. And he had the cougar as a friend, kind of. That's so cool. Um, I guess that kind of answers what I was going to ask you. And I wanted to ask you about the, the performances. What characters were your favorite? I'm guessing maybe the cougar was one of, um, you know, your favorites. But there seems like a, there's a lot of, you know, characters. So which one out of them all did you really think stood out to you? I really liked Belsnickel, who, who was really good. I, I loved his character. And I loved, oh my God, what was his name? I forgot his character's name, but he was, oh, Jack. Um, I really loved Jack because there was a funny scene where he had to decide to eat either the confidence cookie or the bomb one because he didn't know which one was one. So he was about to eat the bomb cookie, and then he realized, wait a second, that's not it. 
So I just really loved both of their acting. So I think they did good. And those were actually the two new characters too. That's so awesome. Um, I like how there, there's comedy in here. I love um, films that can include comedy. Uh, and I love a good laugh here and there. And I know Chris Columbus has directed many films, you know, like Harry Potter, um, The Sorcerer's Stone, The Chamber of Secrets, and Home Alone. So do you think this movie is as good as his other titles? If you have seen them, if not, then that's okay. Yeah, I really love this movie. Um, I'm pretty sure this movie is going to go far once it comes out on Netflix. This is a really good movie. That's awesome to hear. I really want to see this now. So where can we see Christmas Chronicles? Um, it's going to be coming on Netflix on, I think, the 25th of this month. I'm so excited. I'll definitely make sure to watch it as soon as it comes out. So um, to wrap everything up, I just want to know where, I mean, <laughs> what is the star rating and what age do you think you would recommend this film for? Well, obviously, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5 stars, one of my favorite movies, and I'd recommend it ages 5 to 18. There is a little bit of some bad scenes, but they're for kids kind of, I mean, it's not as bad. Some kids can watch it. So, yeah, and also, I think adults can watch this, too. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Ethan. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Christmas Chronicles, Team Margo, Jingle Jingle, A Christmas Journey, Rainbow Rangers, and Octonauts, Ocean Deep Freeze. And right now I'm going to talk to Catherine about Team Margo. Hey, Catherine, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. So I kind of have no background information about Team Margo. I mean, I saw the trailer, but that's pretty much it. So can you tell us what this film is about? Yeah, okay, so this movie is about a boy named Marco who is really, like, he really loves video games. And then he, when his grandmother dies, um, his grandpa, who is Nono, has to move in. And so Nono really doesn't like that uh, kids, of, the kids of today, are on their electronics all the time. So, you know, he forces Marco to play outside ah uh so we teach it so nono teaches uh marco his favorite sport bocce ball that's i've never heard of bocce ball before that's a really interesting sport um and so do you think kids are going to be able to relate this film mostly from marco's perspective because um as you said young marco is obsessed with playing video games and probably ever leaves his room so and i'm i've definitely encountered moments where my mom or my grandma has told me zoe get off that phone or something so do you think this is more of a relatable film for kids or teens yes i definitely do i i'm like oh gosh that's like a me moment you know sometimes just like i gotta it made me realize that i really gotta just like be more present with your family and stuff and I guess it's kind of relevant, I guess, to the older people because um, not older, older, but like, you know, grandparents and stuff because yeah. they're still trying to figure out like all the technology and stuff. And, you know, I think it was really it was we can relate to it because it also shows like good family connection and stuff. Well, that's great to hear. Um, and I also want to ask you, do you think this is kind of the perfect film for 2020? And what I mean by this is uh, I think this is the perfect time to learn something new, maybe bocce ball. I don't know, or just do something new and connect with your family. So how do you feel about, you know, this film and 2020, I guess, together? Well, yeah, no, they totally work together. I mean, it's an outdoor sport. Um, you can honestly play it anywhere. 
Uh, and it's it's great to do with your family or friends or I guess whoever is available in your uh, household or whatever. And I think it it's a good it's a good movie to watch because it's just it's, even if you're far apart from your family, then you can almost connect still. That's so sweet. Um, and I also I when I was watching the trailer, I saw the cinematography just looks so pretty. Um, so do you know where this is filmed? Because I'm really invested in that. And I love um, cinematography. And this film seems very beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, filmed in Staten Island, New York. And what the the funny thing is about that is that the uh, d- d- director, writer, and producer, um, Julio Vincent Gambuto, I hope I'm saying his name right, uh, it's his first feature film, and it's a really special, St- Staten Island is a very special place to him uh, as where his family is, and that happens to be where a big... Um, uh, a big Italian um, and bocce ball loving neighborhood is. So we thought it was very fitting. That's so sweet. Um, so, wow, that's actually, I never knew that. Um, and that seems so special to someone who would be working on a project. They've probably been working on it for a while and doing something that they love. That's so amazing. So I think that this is almost a love letter to grandparents because, um, I'm assuming that Marco and his grandpa had a really sweet connection during this. So what are some of the messages throughout this film that you noticed? Yeah, uh, be present when your family is around. And it's it's actually really very well portrayed because it's not it's not exactly saying that electronics are always bad. I mean, it's just saying that it kind of connects us, but it's saying to have fun with your family while you can because they may they may not always be around. Okay, well, this seems like such a sweet film. I'm really invested and I would love to watch it. So now I want to ask you, personally, what do you think that you would rate this movie and what is the age range that you would recommend it to kids? Yeah, I would give it a four out of five stars. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, And I recommend it for ages six to 14. And I think adults will also like this movie. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. And once again, I really want to see this now. It seems like such... Um, I know I already said this, but just the story in general, it seems so nice, you know, and like kind of refreshing to kids. So, I'm yeah, sorry. go watch it. It's great. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Feeling My Flow. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Christmas Chronicles, and now we'll be listening to Ethan's interview with Jazir, Jarby, Julian on Christmas Chronicles. Hi, this is Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, reporting for Kids First. And today I have the pleasure to interview Darby Camp, Jazir Bruno, and Julian Dennison from the movie The Christmas Chronicles 2. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, man. Hey, guys. So, Darby, you get the first question. At your short age, you have already worked with big stars, like, for example, in the HBO series Big Little Lies and the Christmas Chronicles 1 and 2 movies. Did you enjoy being Kate in this film or more being Chloe in the Big Little Lies? Um, that's a hard one. I really enjoyed being Kate and Chloe. They're um, two amazing characters who we, um, all three of us have very, a lot of things in common. And I couldn't really decide which one I liked best. They're, they're very similar and different at the same time. So I like them for different reasons. Um, but it, it, both of them were very amazing projects and cool. I think you did really good at being, you know, like Kate in the movie. I haven't seen Big Little Lies, but I'm pretty sure you did good in that movie too. Thank you. I haven't seen it either because it's um, for, for adults, so I couldn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Jazir, is there any connection between you and your character, Jack? Because I saw in the movie that he's kind of scared. So are you scared in real life? Hey, I'm not, I'm not scared all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm not scared all the time, but he, I feel like he definitely does get a little bit more courageous at the end of the movie. So, yeah, that's definitely something that we both can connect to. I know. It was, like, really funny how he would be scared of literally, like, a fly or something. <laughs> so, Julian, um, I have a question. Why are you always the villain in every character? First it was Deadpool, and now it's this. Hey, man, um, I like being the villain. I get to be mean. I get to be evil. And people um, can't call me mean because I can say that I'm preparing for the role. Um, so, no, it was super fun. I loved playing the villain. And in Deadpool, I loved um, playing Firefist as well. There were two characters who uh, kind of uh, go through the same thing. They both want love. They both want warmth. Um, so, yeah, I love I love playing both of them. They were super cool. Yeah, and I really even- loved I, I love both your movies. Oh, thank you, man. So, um, did you like Deadpool more or like playing as this character from this movie? I think, um, I think, uh, like they both have their, they both have their pros. Like, uh, I love playing Bell's Nicole because I'm, I'm able to, you know, I can be an elf or I can be a human. I get to meet Santa Claus and Kurt Russell. Um, and then I also have, um, Firefest. I get to be a superhero. I get to shoot fireballs out of my hands. So 
I guess they wouldn't be a favorite, but they both they both were pretty cool to play. Yeah, it sounds really fun. Hmm. So, Darby, this movie has the participation of Mrs. Claus, played by famous comedian Goldie Hawn. So how was it working with her? Working with Miss Goldie was an incredible experience. She is such a kind-hearted person. She is so lovely. She's very genuine and down-to-earth. Um, everywhere she would go, she would just light up the room, and and she was just kind to everyone she, she spoke to and, and just su- a super sweet person. That's really nice. So, um, in your opinion, how important was she in this film? Um, I think that she was a very important character in this film. I think that the um, the movie would be totally different if Mrs. Claus wasn't in it. Um, she has a very significant role, and and um, you could tell that uh, Santa needs her for certain things, and then she needs um, him for certain things. So they're a great duo, just a wonderful team. Yeah, sometimes I think the village should be named after her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Jazir, what is the message of this movie? I feel like the message from this movie is to, like, never switch up on your family, no matter how different you are. You know, they're always going to be the one that has you back. And what, like, young audience as yourself would you love to take from this film? If I was a little kid, what I would take from this film, I think, I don't know, I don't really, probably, you know, just faith and love, pretty much. Yeah, I think I took that family is most important. I think that's what you said in the beginning. I think that because it was mostly talking about how it was Belsnickel, he needed to realize that this is his family and his home. So I thought that was a really important message. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Christmas Chronicles, Team Marco, Jingle Jingle, A Christmas Journey, Rainbow Rangers, and Octonauts Operation Deep Freeze. And right now let's continue listening to Ethan's interview with Jazir, Jarby, and Julian on the Christmas Chronicles. So uh, speaking of Belsnickel, Julian, you had the great opportunity to work with Kurt Russell, who had portrayed villains and several strong characters as well. So did he give you any advice for your character? Um, I think... Like, there wasn't any direct advice. Like, yeah, he would work alongside Chris Columbus, who's the director, um, and us three would chat, and it would be like, hey, what do you want out of it? And his Kurt's like, hey, I want this, and I, I really want you to really play it well because I want Santa to be able to bounce off you. And I remember doing um, lines reading with Kurt as well. Um, so I think it was cool because you're able to sit on set, right, and you can and you can act with them, but you can bounce off each other. So, because it's hard, like I don't want to, you know, be acting with a brick wall. So it was really cool to be, um, to be working with Kurt because he really knows how to work with, with kids and with anyone, and he has so much experience doing it. Um, so yeah, he gave me a lot of advice on, like, you know, how, uh, just how to be myself and how to really portray that through the character and how to uh, really play Bowsnickel well. Yeah, that sounds fun to like work with your idol, kind of, or the person you look up to. Yeah, yeah, no, it was super cool working with him. He was a he was a super rad dude, super down to earth, him and Goldie Horn both. Yeah. So Darby, do you think there'll be a sequel, The Christmas Chronicles Three? Um, I think that there definitely could be. I don't know for sure if we're going to do one. I hope so. That would be incredible. Um yeah. but I definitely think there could be. I mean, the Christmas Chronicles too, I mean, um the the title definitely says that there could be definitely more than three. I mean, too, but 
I think there could be, and I really wish there will be, and it would be super awesome. And I know that um, everybody would watch it because the Christmas Chronicles one um, did so well, and and I really think that the second one will too. Yeah, when I watched the first movie, I was like, man, I can't wait to see the second one. And the second one just blew my mind. That was crazy how you guys did that and pulled this off. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And Jazeer, I love your character. You did an awesome job. So do you have any future projects after this film? I would love to see it if you do. Um, If I did, I wouldn't be allowed to tell them. But I'm really hoping that I do get some. I'm really hoping that I do get some, like, big major roles in a movie. I mean, I think you should be really good at acting. <laughs> you were so funny in this film. I really like the part between uh, it was the confidence cookie and the bomb cookie, and you were just thinking, which one should I eat? That was really funny. <laughs> so, Julian, can you tell us about the scenes with the cougar and how it was filmed with you? Um, oh, with the, uh, with the, the giant, like, lion? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, it was super crazy because, it, like, obviously it's not a real, it's not like a real giant cat. So it was basically like a tennis ball. Um, so I was acting with a tennis ball, um, Ethan. It was terrible. It was so stupid. I was like, Chris, you want me to talk to this tennis ball? And he's like, yeah, man, talk to the tennis ball. I'm like, okay, I'll talk to the tennis ball. And then they got this big head in the second day and it was massive and it looks really cool. Super sick on movie. So I was looking at this tennis ball just thinking, hey, man, it's going to be cool. Um, all the action stuff and busting open the door and everything was, yeah, it was a super sick. It was a rad time. Yeah, I actually heard they did something related to that in one of the Avengers movies for Thanos. They had, I think it was like a little paper on the wall that would move so they would know where to look kind of. So was mm. it like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They um they had like a they either had a piece of paper or they had like a, a like an X somewhere that where I could look and I could reference and be like, Oh yep, there's my guy. Um <laughs> so yeah, it was super cool, yeah. That sounds really interesting. Mm. So uh well guys, it was really um a pleasure having you all today. Awesome, thank you all so much. It was so cool, Ethan. So I know uh we'll be seeing you all on the big screen. So um, mark your calendars to watch Christmas Chronicles 2 on November 25th on Netflix. This is Ethan Purston from Florida reporting for Kids First. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss our next interview or film reviews. That's all for today. This is Ethan Purston signing off. Goodbye. See you, Ethan. Thank you. Sometimes I think you actually enjoy these little dangerous escapades. I, I well, I, I... Eh. Let's take a break. Today's show was sponsored by Feeling My Flow. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. 
We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Christmas Chronicles, and next we'll be listening to Natalia's interview with the cast and crew of Jingle Jingle, A Christmas Journey. Hello, I am Natalia Jackson, reporting from Kids First. Today, I have the honor to catch up with film stars Felicia Rashad, Anika Nani Rose, and Madeline Mills. Netflix's upcoming festive film, Jingle Jangle, a Christmas journey, a musical adventure, and a visual display for the ages and unquestionably entirely refreshing and a spirited family holiday event in select theaters and on Netflix November 13th. First off, Felicia, you are a living legend. What an honor to speak to you. What will the audience take away from this film? Well, thank you very much. I don't know what the audience will take away. I know that well, I know I like the music. I like the dancing. I like the wardrobe. I like the look of it. I like the <laughs> And I hope that uh, audiences will feel that way too. Well, I have to say I truly enjoyed this film. It was filled with so much adventure and very heartfelt family moments. And this is truly the ultimate Netflix and chill movie to watch during these holiday seasons. So, and you all did a wonderful job. And to continue, Madeline Mills, first and foremost, congratulations, newcomer Madeline, on your role as Journey. The filmmakers auditioned hundreds of girls worldwide search, I must say, and it wasn't until the 11th hour as production discovered you. You gave such a standout performance. How was it taking on this role? Um, it, I mean, I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, you know, being able to sing and act and dance this journey um, was amazing. I feel like Journey and I are very similar, uh, which definitely, you know, helped me step into her shoes more. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I couldn't have asked for anything better. I honestly love the role Journey. You did such a great job portraying her. One of my favorite things about her is she's so big and bold and loves to take adventures, even if that means going behind her grandpa's back and getting in a little but a lot of trouble at the same time. But I truly related to your character. And to continue, Anika Nani Rose, Tony Award-winning Broadway and film star, you play Jessica Jangle, Journey's mother, and a brilliant inventor in her own right. Congratulations on your role. What drew you to the film? 
I really loved the the family aspect of the mm-hmm. film. I loved the thought of letting people know that healing is always possible and that magic is where you make it and where you find it. And that mm-hmm. sometimes the biggest engine for magic is love. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that's important, particularly right now. So I was very happy to be able to be a part of that. And, and um, yeah. And the music. I definitely music agree. Person. Yes, the music was <laughs> awesome. There was a lot of dancing and music moments. And actually, my favorite music dancing moments. So thank you so much. And to continue, you, um, what have you learned from the director, David E. Talbert, from this project? Is that, um, I, I think that the biggest thing that I learned uh, was something that I, you know, I sort of knew, but you sometimes need to see it, is mm-hmm. never to give up on your dreams. Because this took him 20, 20 22 years to make. Um, so many people would have quit by then or decided it just wasn't going to happen. And I think we all sometimes feel like, well, I guess blah is not for me because it's mm-hmm. not happening. And I think that we are living in a time of immediate satisfaction. People feel like if something doesn't happen immediately, you know, it's not going to happen. It's sort of like uh, the American Idol world. Everything's going to happen now. You do it for two weeks and then blah, you're an overnight sensation. Um, that's not always how things happen. And I think it's really important to value um, keeping your dreams forefront and continuing to believe in them. Uh, and that's a theme that also goes through the movie, but it's a theme that made the movie. And that's really important. Yes, I can agree. I feel everyone is suffering from the COVID-19 pandemic in this movie really fulfilled this sad moment and brings us all together, even if we're very much farther apart than six feet. Mm-hmm. And it's good to speak to you virtually. Thank you all speaking for me. I'm Vitaly Jackson from Kids First. I had the opportunity to speak with Felicia Rashad, Anika Nani Rose, and Madeline Mills about the upcoming film, Jingle Jangle. Thank you all so much, and make sure to stay safe. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about the Christmas Chronicles, Team Markle, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Rainbow Rangers, and Octonauts Ocean Deep Freeze. Right now, let's continue listening to Natalia's interview with Keegan-Michael Kay on Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Hello, my name is Natalia Jackson, and I'm from Kids First. Today, I have the honor to catch up with the Netflix stars, Emmy Award winner Keegan-Michael Key, in the upcoming Netflix's festive musical adventure, Jingle Jangle. A Christmas Journey, a refreshing and spirited film, and a family-friendly holiday event, which will be released on Netflix November 3rd. Welcome. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Well, this is a role unlike any you have taken on in your career as Gustafson, the former apprentice who steals Geronicus's jingle book. Of inventions, congratulations on your first on-screen musical in this film. You are a pro. First off, how did you prepare for the role of Gustafson? Well, I, I spent a lot of time really kind of digging into the script. So as opposed to basing mm-hmm. it on another person, I just wanted to see what I could bring to uh, Gustafson, like figure out what could I pull from inside of myself to portray the character. Yeah, yeah does that make sense? It really does. Yeah, I think that's a-, a great skill as an actor, actually. Thank you. And one of my favorite things about the character Gustafson is that I could see a range of emotions. And I don't want to give too much away, 
but we did get to see the perspective of when he was younger and mm-hmm. then right to when he got older. And when he was younger, he was very helpful. He had a dream of being a big inventor. And then he got seduced by Mr. Don Juan Diego, who told him to do the wrong thing. I mean, you were just borrowing indefinitely, but, but still you were, you were <laughs> borrowing. And then you run out of ideas, but I don't want to give too much away, but you did an amazing job portraying this role. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes, he doesn't. And also, you know, Sometimes we don't want to make certain decisions, but it's really difficult to not make a decision when there's a little devil sitting on your shoulder telling you to do it. You know, yeah. I was seduced. I was seduced by Don Juan. I'm not guilty. You're not. That's right. And to continue, what compelled you to this film? I think part of the, what compelled me is that I would have an opportunity to sing and, and mm-hmm. to dance a little bit because I haven't done a musical since I was in high school. And that is a very Ooh. long time ago. Um, but also, uh, also, I wanted to do this project because I thought it was very interesting that it takes mm. place in Victorian England or yeah. something like that. But, it, but we have black people wearing these clothes mm. and living in, this, um, in these olden times. And that was something that I thought would be really interesting. I like to pick interesting roles and do mm. in, in interesting projects. And this, this was real, that, that checked all the boxes for me. So. It sure did. I have to agree. I think this film definitely showed diversity and it was a good film overall. And depth of feeling is what makes a film worth watching. Out of all the expressions throughout this film, which were you most familiar with and what helped you portray your character a little more? Um, I probably would say I was most familiar with with, um, the frustration that he was feeling (laughs) when his toy almost melted that guy's face off. So I would have to say... That's something that I could say I was familiar with. I think everybody gets a little frustrated every now and again. So you can tap into that frustration, you know? <laughs> yes, I do remember that part where his invention kind of didn't go the, the right way in a sense. And it, it mm-hmm. kind of went all over the place. And it was a very funny scene. But I saw the frustration. And you let everyone walk down before you let it out. <laughs> but it was very funny <laughs> at the same time. I, I noticed it. Good, I'm glad you. Yes. And how was your experience filming on set with all these special effects used? I mean, I'm sure using your creativity and imagination helped. That's exactly it. I'm, uh, that's exactly mm-hmm. it. You, I have to, you know, I'm an adult now, but I have to tap into the child that's within me to make and, mm-hmm. and tell myself it's okay to be imaginative, to see things that aren't there. And that way I can give some authenticity to, to the, the movie as a whole when they put the special effects in later. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of say, Okay, I know the robot's going to be right here. Mm-hmm. He's not here right now, but I can use my imagination. I can pretend his head's spinning around and that can surprise me or that he's flying and jets come out of his feet and that scares me or whatever the case may be. So it's, um, it's me getting in touch with that, that childlike part of myself that still has wonder um, in it. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak to you. I'm Natalie Jackson for Kids First, and I just interviewed Keegan-Michael Key about the upcoming film Jingle Jangle, a Christmas journey reminding us of the strength of family and power of the possibility debuting November 13th on Netflix. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Thank you, Natalia. You too, honey. Take care. Bye-bye. Let's take a break. This show is sponsored by Feeling My Flow. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about the Christmas Chronicles, and next we'll be talking with Ethan about Rainbow Rangers. So, hey, Ethan, it's nice to hear from you again. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, the Rainbow Rangers, I have not seen pretty much anything about this. I know it looks very colorful, so can you tell us what it's about? So it's a DVD about seven girls. They're each their own color of the rainbow. And each of them have their own unique power, kind of. And they all have their own, like, unique personalities. And they live in a place called Kaleskopia, I think. It's like a little planet. I don't know what it is. And their wristband rings whenever people on Earth need help. So then they fly down on these weird flying bikes, and then they come help. This seems like a really, is this a series or is it like one show? And how many, if it is a series, how many episodes are there? I don't know how many episodes there are, but there's like approximately 11 minutes per episode. Okay, so I guess this is kind of a show that if you're bored, you can just sit down and binge. Um, Do you think this is relatable for boys as much as it is for girls? Because by watching it, I can see it was kind of more lenient towards um, a feminine audience, but obviously... um. I'm guessing that boys can relate to it as much as girls can. So how did you kind of um, see this series? Um, I think it is mostly for girls. I enjoyed it, though, and I'm a boy. Um, I mean, I think some boys can watch it. I mean, they can be little and still learn from it. I think they would really enjoy it if they're little. Maybe not so much teenagers because, you know, they're just, I don't know, teenagers. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know, like, I enjoyed it, so I think other people might. Awesome. Um, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. So I'm um, actually I want to so you said, like little kids can probably learn from this. So what values does this series promote to younger audiences? Um, I'm sorry, what do you mean by that? Like, um, in a way, kind of how are the messages and like, what can this show teach um, younger kids? Oh, so it teaches kid teamworks makes the dream works, as I like to say, because they uh the person who's in charge of like the whole planet kind of sends three of them 
And the little unicorn uh, called Floof goes on every adventure with them. He just goes, Floof, Floof, and it's funny. Um, but they work together to save problems. Like in one episode, my favorite, uh, Be Safe, they work together to help the elephants get food while helping the other person in her farm get food. So the elephants can have their food and her, like she can get her own food. That's so um, awesome. I, now I'm really interested in the animation because I, I see that there's like a lot of stuff happening in the series. So how was it all anim- animated? And did you like, I guess, the style that the animator used? Yeah, it was really neat because the animation was actually digital. So it was like, it was really nice. I liked it. Awesome to hear. Um, and it also seems like, you know, there's a lot of teamwork involved and friendship. So what is, I think I already asked you this, but can you go into further detail on kind of what are the messages that you could see in this series? Um, I think teamwork might be the only one I can see. Um, I'm pretty sure there might be more. Sorry, is there a certain episode that you really could see that um, it could teach that to children? Yeah, like I was saying, be safe. Um, If you want, I'll explain it. It was, um, so these elephants were eating from a lady named Malika and her farm. So they had to work together because they all have their own powers. So um, one of them, she can talk to animals. So she, she was trying to tell the elephants to go, like, try to find food and they would help like they would work together one of them had a vision power so she would see it and then the other one would tell the elephants to go that way while the other one was helping by building bee houses because apparently the elephants were scared of bees so that's where the bee safe like title gets made which i thought was really cute that is so cool i love elephants i'm gonna definitely watch that episode soon because um i love animals and i like that this series incorporated that so to wrap everything up once again, what do you think you would rate this series out of ten star- five stars? And um, I guess you kind of already told me what age range you would recommend it to, but like exactly what ages would you recommend this series to? So I give it five out of five stars. I really like this. I think kids would really enjoy this. And I think kids, like kids four to 18 plus adults can watch this. I think I think adults can like this too because it's kind of funny. Not gonna lie, it was really funny. Yeah, awesome. So thanks so much for talking with me. And you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions today. We're talking about Christmas Chronicles, Team Marco, Jingle Jingle, A Christmas Journey, Rainbow Rangers, and Octonauts Operation Deep Freeze. So now I'm going to be talking to Catherine and Ishan on Octonauts Operation Deep Freeze. Hey guys, how are you doing? Hi. Hi. Doing good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So I've kind of seen, um, I've reviewed some things from Octonauts and I've briefly seen this series. And Ishan, I want to ask you, what is this um, episode mainly about? So this 66-minute DVD basically follows a team of sea adventurers. There are Captain Barnacles, there's uh, Quasi the Cat, there's Peso the Penguin, and a bunch of others. And they're basically on an expedition to Antarctica to help out the marine life there. They meet penguins, walruses, and even some microscopic creatures under a hidden lake. That is so I like how this series is all, you know, underwater. I kind of feel like it's really cool to see the animals under the water with their little helmets and everything. So, Catherine, what was your first impression um, of this episode? Um, well, it's like it's made up of a couple episodes, um, I guess. I don't remember which the first one was, but I just think that... Uh, 
I thought that they were really cute. I mean, they were really cute and they're, the animation is just adorable. I don't know how they do it. It kind of looks like a bit stop motion-y, but like kind of, but not. Uh, and they're really cute. They're just kind of simple, like especially the baby animals are so cute. So it's, it's yeah, it's a good at first impression. <laughs> That's awesome. So I was actually going to ask about the animation. Can you go into further detail? Because I love the color palette. I think it's really um, soothing. So kind of, I guess, how's the aesthetic um, of this film series while you were watching? Uh, is that for me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the animation, um, I mean, the, I really do. Yeah. As you said, I really like the color palette and it's very like, I love how they're all cute little animals, cute little faces and it's just really interesting to see all of the different places that they go to and everything. Like, um, I guess it's like, even if it's just ice and caverns and stuff, it always looks unique and it's fun. Yeah, uh, I it looks really detailed. Um, while I was, I guess, I kind of saw like a brief little seconds of the episode, but um, everything looked like really you know, thought out and planned. So Ishan, if you still haven't, you know, seen other episodes, would you think you could well understand this one? Because you, you got the iconic characters, like, I think his name is Captain Barnacle or something like that. But mm -hmm. do you think you can, like, well understand what's going on here? Yeah, absolutely. I think each episode, each DVD of Octonauts, and I remember watching this as a kid, um, and they were all out of order, of course, because cable TV likes to be like that. Um, <laughs> but you can watch any episode of Octonauts in any order you'd like, and you can easily follow it, because I feel like every episode has its own sort of character arc and uh, plot arc. And I mean, the characters are so distinctive, and like from the get-go, you know exactly what their characteristics are. So yeah, it's very easy to follow. That's great. I, for a person who hasn't really, um, you know, seen too many episodes of the series, this one seems so, from watching, as I said, it just looks really detailed. So I would definitely want to see this. And it's great to hear. I, I like when series, you can just watch any episode and not miss anything. So Catherine, um, what do you think the messages of, because this is more for kids. And I feel like, you know, Nickelodeon and Disney, well, mostly Nickelodeon, they have a lot of animated shows and they all have the sweetest messages behind them. Yeah, so I thought that the messages are a lot of them. Uh, it, it's like helping others and protecting the ecosystem, like teamwork. And But, I mean, always keep in mind that uh, never really interact with wild animals. You never know what they are or what could happen. But it could inspire them to be like um, an animal researcher or like a veterinarian. So it's, it's really inspiring. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think we shouldn't, you know, bother animals like there's sometimes signs like don't feed the ducks and something like that. I like parks and stuff. So I guess this can kind of teach kids. So, you know, like listen kind of to instructions. So uh, Ishan, I want to know how was the music and like the voiceovers? Did you pay attention to that? Did the music stand out at all? Or was it kind of just there? And did it like fit in with the film series? I keep on calling this a film. I'm sorry. I think it really did. It fit in. Uh, of course, it's more ambient. There weren't necessarily like orchestrated songs, except for the title sequence. But besides that, it was all kind of ambient music. Uh, but it, it really fit well, especially in the like the long treks up the up the you know hills. Uh, I like that they had this sort of really it kind of brought 
me like Star Wars vibes, sort of like the like the deep sonorous kind of. <laughs> but I I like that a lot, and the voiceovers of course were amazing. I think all of the all of the voiceover actors are incredible, especially um, Peso. He was played by uh, Wayne Grayson. I just like his character a lot, and I like the way that um, Grayson just acts it all out. I think it just ties everything together really well. Yeah, totally. Um, I my, the, the, I don't know if this is just me, but you guys also think that the theme song is kind of like really catchy. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your star um, and age range for this series? Uh, I give it a four out of five stars, and I recommend it for ages three to eight. And I think adults might enjoy it. Like they might learn some new stuff. Like on a lot of these, like, well, just in general, Octonauts, there are a lot of episodes where I'm like, I never knew that thing existed. So yeah, they'll probably learn some stuff too. Yeah, Good. totally. I, I didn't know that. I think even in like the, the microscopic creatures part, I did not know those were a thing. Uh, I, I did not know a lot <laughs> before the episode about uh, marine life and that definitely helped me learn a lot. Uh, yeah, I'd give it four and a half stars out of five and recommend it for ages four to six. Even, I think, three to six would be uh, a good age range. Well, thank you so much for talking with me about Octonauts Ocean Deep Freeze. Um, it seems like a really interesting episode. So thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And to watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn more about how you can join our Kids First team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on press for kids kidsworldcom Kidsville, news, and more. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Feeling My Flow. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week. <laughs>